All right, ready in three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the title side, Chicago Title, Oklahoma's podcast. Today, I'm sad to say we do not have our co-host, Ken McBride. He's busy. We are uh, having Chris Morris join us, one of our sales staff. I'm, I'm proud to have Chris on today. It should be an element of uh, comedy that he brings. Sorry for letting everybody down with Ken not being here. Yeah, Ken will love it. But most importantly, I'm proud to say that we've got one of our industry leaders on the lending side, Ben Paul from AMC Mortgage. Ben, welcome aboard. Thanks, David. It's good to be here and good to be here with Chris, maybe. Let's hope so. Yeah, we'll see. Fingers crossed. <laughs> well, Chris, you know, coming to the podcast today, I know that you and Ben have developed a good relationship Tell me kind of how you guys struck up and uh, what you know about Ben so far. Ben and I actually met a few years ago and uh, thought he was a pretty closed gentleman. And uh, not till I started coming by his office on a daily basis and annoying him did we kind of develop the relationship and uh, always knew he was incredibly bright. Uh, that, that comes off as one of the first things you notice about Ben. But that was even furthered and, and deepened once you start talking to him. He knows all the ins and outs of this business. And uh, I thought that, that I knew a lot, but I, I learned more from him every day. And it's been a, been a good ride, been a fun time. Well, Chris, you, you were in lending for how long? Oh, goodness. 15 years on the, the commercial and residential side, uh, yeah. residential mortgage. Ben, how long have you been in lending? I've been in lending. Let's see. I started in banking in 03, transitioned to mortgage in 2012. Yeah, so a little All, gamut of everything. Always in Oklahoma City, or were you in a different Always market? in Oklahoma City, born yeah. and raised. Yeah. Yeah. What What led you to banking? Banking itself is, you know, they say it all the time, you fall into it, right? I was in mm -hmm. college and part-time teller job and just started and realized I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the lending piece was the part that I'm really good at, I think. Mm -hmm. um, financial advising, not, <laughs> not my cup of tea in terms of risk. So yeah. the lending piece has been... Uh, my, my bread and butter. And so right. I've run towards it, mortgage more specifically versus commercial lending. The residential piece, I love what we do for a family. And so that just pulled me in. Just for the listeners, what is your title right now at AMC? Uh, right now, I'm the regional vice president for AMC. That includes the state of Oklahoma, other states? Yeah. So uh, I have Oklahoma City and Texas. And then I also manage our IT and technology for the entire company. Oh, that's a small piece. and Just a tiny bit. <laughs> and in today's world, maybe the most important with technology driving everything we do. You're the first person who's actually been able to pigeonhole him by telling him what his title is and what he actually does. I've been asking this for months now. Maybe you're not asking it the right way, Chris. Well, he does have me recorded, so. <laughs> Jack of all trades sometimes is a, is a better description. Family? Family, yes. I've been married for nine years. Hope I got that right. Um, she will be listening. She will be. <laughs> wife and two kids. My daughter's 15 and my son's six. So got a, got a wide variety there. Be ready. I've got a 22-year-old uh, daughter coming. Her birthday's here at the, in just a few days, actually. And, really? Uh, engaged, and we'll be married next July. So you're right around the corner, man. Oh, man, congrats. I hear it gets easier, though, as they get older. You know, she kind of came back to being normal around 1920. Good. So, so I have... Three, four more years yeah. of this. Okay, yeah. that's good. It's amazing how much uh, more intelligent parents become as the kids get older. Well, and, and we all three have daughters, so. Yes. They, they make you wise. They, <laughs> <laughs> as, 
as a as a dad having a daughter boy it's uh it's a challenge but it, i wouldn't ever choose anything different so. never so amc mortgage tell us where they started kind of leadership wise and i'm curious how you grew into your role yeah so amc mortgage uh jeff allen is our sole owner and uh, we're headquartered out of tulsa jeff's had the company since 1992 so we're we just turned the corner in 29 years um, and he's built it from the ground up. I came on board early, early 2018. Uh, and at the time, AMC was exclusively in Tulsa. We've grown now into OKC down in Texas. And actually, a couple months ago, we've uh, moved into Arkansas as well. Oh, so congratulations. I didn't know that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a fun ride. The office is on, is it Yale? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful 71st building. 71st in Yale. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, Ken, Ken McBride and I have spent some time in Tulsa recently with uh, plans for expanding Chicago title up into the Tulsa market. And as I was driving down Yale, I saw the building and I pointed it out to Ken saying, it's really a, a nice looking building. You yeah, guys it's, did a good it's job. beautiful. Mike Macias is our president and, uh, you know, it's, it's a work of art. She's our heart for the company. And yeah, it's very evident when you walk through the hallways. It's, it's amazing. What is, what is your overall vision for the company? moving down the line? Uh, you know, to be number one. <laughs> mm -hmm. The goal is really at the end of the day, however we do it, to make sure we help as many people as we can. Um, we love being local. That's what drives us. So even if you look at the fact that we're in Oklahoma, we're in Texas, we're in Arkansas, our teams are decentralized. So we have operations in those markets and that helps with partners, right? Whether it's builders or realtors or title, you're working with processors, underwriters, whoever it is in those markets. And then we can lead on each other. That helps. Right. So it's a mortgage company only. First mortgages. Do you do seconds? Do you do home equity lines? You do. We do one thing. And as Jeff says, we better do it right. It's first mortgages. You know, I, I just, I love that model. You know, as the title person, we get to see the end product. And yeah. uh, I just, li I like the model. It works for the consumer. One of the things, and you'd kind of spoken to, to being decentralized, but... You can tell the, I don't know if the, the term people use today would be the vibe or, or the culture, but I had done some work with, with some of your, your closers and folks down in Texas. I get to work with, with your, you know, back of the, the office staff here back in my tumultuous time as a closer. Thanks for taking me back, David. <laughs> um, and, and it's a very familial feeling. You, you hire a certain type of person and they, they fit our culture. I, I always really enjoyed working with, with all of your closers and, and underwriters and processors and, and loan officers as well. And it, uh, you guys have hired well. Did yeah. a really good job of that. Thanks, man. We, um, we put a very, very strong emphasis, and it comes down from Micah, on our culture. And it's really about do you fit the culture? Um, we'll move people around, right? Find the right seat on the bus. But at the end of the day, if you don't have the right people, eventually – everybody notices, right? You're going to notice, our partners notice. And so it's very important to us. We've turned down hiring high performers just because, well, you know, maybe they'd come on board and be a little bit of a train wreck later on in the cycle. So we won't risk that for the client. That getting the, the right person and the right culture there. I don't know if we have any Oklahoma football fans uh, in, in the audience today, but we see how much of an impact one individual can have and uh, it can turn things around completely. In a, in a good way and a bad way. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Apparently, rumor has it there might be two players this weekend. 
Two quarterbacks. <laughs> yes. I, I was. I was. I just got back from Las Vegas uh, this week, and I was probably stopped nine times to ask about this. Just on the street, because yeah. I would be. You know, I don't know. You shirt on, and the the comment was how good Caleb was. Yeah, that's funny you say that. I was in um, San Diego for the NBA conference this past weekend, walking through the airport. I had my OU hat on, uh-huh. and at least two or three times, random people just, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And uh-huh. Man, you guys turned the corner. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I had a specific uh, police uh, chief was out on the streets, and he saw my gear, and he was probably 6'2", 240, big guy. And he made comment, and he immediately brought up the quarterback situation, and I asked him specifically. I said, do you remember about a month ago when ESPN was just pounding on OU fans about chanting, we want Caleb? Right. And he was, yeah. And I said, do you think they'll come back now and say, hmm, wonder if that fan base actually knows a little bit more than they're given credit for. Yeah. You know, because hindsight's twenty twenty. For and, sure. And uh, I think anybody that was at the spring game saw there was a, there was a legitimate backup that was going to challenge, and uh, it's coming to fruition. The first series of the first game uh, this year when, we, when Oakland played Tulane, our quarterback threw an interception, and my 13-year-old son who, who follows – the uh, recruiting wires on a on a daily basis from that point forward has been calling for Caleb Williams to get the job and uh, much like the time that he caught a bigger fish than I did when we went out with David I will never hear the end of it (laughs) I will never forget the smile on his face and I have to admit in fishing when you see a kid catch his first good sized fish kid boy or girl doesn't matter the look on their face that's a million bucks. That Absolutely. Is worth a million bucks. I've never let him fish again since then, but that one moment was priceless. <laughs> Keep well, that memory alive. Ben, have you done anything in the last six months, kind of industry-related wise, meeting with you know any of our uh, back-end wholesale lines, Fannie Freddie? Have, have you participated? Yeah. So this past weekend, I was at the NBA conference. Um, I got to sit through some panels. Uh, Fannie Freddie were involved. Uh, we had investors there, larger investors, uh, aggregators, whether it's Wells or Amerihome. So it was good to hear their take and kind of see what they what they project, especially for the next 12 months. We've come off what is a historic run. I oh, mean, yeah. I'm sure you've seen it on oh, your yeah. side, too, yeah. is yeah. you look at all the models and typically you like to say life cycles are every seven years and mm-hmm. maybe it lasts eight months. Well, we're 18 months. Mm-hmm. We're still going strong. And so it was it was really good to see what they thought this would look like in 2022. What are, what are projections? What are you looking at? You know, whether it's the inventory shortage or a rate hike, which at this point I think is all but guaranteed, um, most of it points to a downward trend. Uh, it's just burned at this pace for too long. You're going to see refis dry up. Uh-huh. Uh, no one's refining for two anymore, right? They're sure. in the threes, and that makes a difference. So I think that by itself also causes the – ability for buyers to slow down and say, Hey, normally I would go buy another house, but man, I'm in this 2.5 rate mm-hmm. or 2.25 rate. I don't want to go get a 4% something. And so you'll see that as well on the tail end over the next three to four years. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you think back to 2020 and I'm sure we all probably don't want to look back at 2020, but in our industry, it was good for us. Um, but there were so many adjustments made uh, in the sense of being safe. It, it made all of us figure out how can we do closings and keep our people safe, keep, keep the consumer safe, keep the realtor safe, which I know we called them curbside closings. 
Which I think I remember seeing a video of somebody getting actually hailed on during a closing. You remember that, Chris? It, it was me. <laughs> it was me. What happened? I missed this. Customer service is at the forefront of what we do. And we have a, a saying at Chicago Title that is only ours. It's uh, neither rain nor snow nor sleet nor hail or dark of night or something like that. Keep Chicago Title from doing your closing. And I, I did a closing out in a pretty tremendous hailstorm. Sorry, like, U.S. Post Office. I stole that from you. I feel like you're trying to compare yourself to Batman. <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. Oh, well, okay. But all closers do. Excellent. <clears throat> So technology-wise, what are you seeing coming technology-wise? I know during that time period, uh, we did what are called RON closings, uh, remote online notary closings that would allow a consumer to sign almost all the documents electronically, which in my mind is, is really exciting for the future of what we do together. You originating the mortgage, we get it closed. And it almost seemed futile in the effort because obviously there's still a note and a mortgage that have to have wet signatures. <clears throat> Are you seeing anything in that realm change in the future or have there been steps? I guess more precisely questioned, have you seen any steps being taken to, to accept that type of signature? Yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. Uh, more relevant for us with AMC, especially right now, September 1st, we launched the hybrid process. So to your point, we can have e-closings except for those four or five documents, the promissory note and so forth. But the great part about it is, you know, we went through a process and I like to say we're not, uh, we're not Microsoft. We're more like Apple. We let someone else run first and then we look at it and say, okay, how do we do it and do it right so we waited on our side to launch this. And now that we've got it out the door, the cool part is, as they discussed at the NBA conference, at the end of the day, borrowers want, if they start digital, they want to end digital. Right. And that was always the crux, right? We'd have great applications, you know, processes, little touch screen, click here, click there. But then they came to title for closing and they had a thick of paper stack to sign. They'd have to sit around and wait. Title closers scanning it back. Maybe there's a funding number. It's just this long process. Mm -hmm. and, and it really pulled apart the process for the borrower. So now we're at the place with hybrid where they can go in and most of the surveys we're getting back is, hey, I dropped in and I was there for five minutes. Title closer shook my hand, took the check. Here's my driver's license or whatever. Sign here. You're good. On your way. The next step, of course, is pure e-note, the RON process. Right. And... I will say about six months ago, as we started down this process and piloting and testing at that point, you know, a big deal is even though Fannie and Freddie would take this two years ago, investors would not buy them. There's that other, that other entity right in the middle of this whole thing. Yeah. It has to be all encompassing. There's so many entities involved that the general consumer has no idea. Correct. Why certain things can't be done. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about today is yeah. helping, you know, the people that listen, understand what they don't know. Yeah. The, the folks within the industry understand the, the secondary market, the investor side, they're, they're somewhat the curmudgeonly gatekeepers. How are they moving forward on this? Are they, are they going to, to start allowing, you know, full electronic closes and are you, are you bringing them on board? Yeah. So as you look at our investor pool, the cool thing is compared to six months ago, now we have four or five, six investors that have said, Hey, we'll buy those. 
ideally as a mortgage company, if you only have one company that's going to take care of your client, that puts it on a little bit of bind. And it's not good for the client either, right? Because they're locked into that higher rate or whatever that offering is. But the more investors you have come on board, the better the options are for the end user, the client, what rates they get, the process they get. And so the great thing is I think we're making significant headway. Um, I also get the privilege of sitting on the Oklahoma Mortgage Bankers Association Board of Directors. And that is one of our high priority uh, items for advocacy is to try and find a way to get it to be a countrywide standard instead of each state being separate. Right, right. And so that was another thing from the uh, MBA conference. I pulled away a heavy discussion of how do we get all these states on the same page? They can do their own process, right? Have freedom to be individual, but at least, you know, if someone's moving from Arizona to Oklahoma or moving from Oklahoma right. to Minnesota, can it not just be the same process? Sure. We, I mean, we see a ton of investment business coming into Oklahoma from out of state, and uh, I'm sure you do too. It's just I, I'd love to see a unanimous at one time, let's like flip a switch where not the recordings, the counties, you know, the, the investors, everybody at the same time says, this is doable now. That's my biggest fear is we're going to piecemeal it together. And I think that's actually where we are as an industry right now. We're in between the traditional and the technology driven piece. And I'm just, you know, I'm trying to look to the future and figure out when is that going to be here? If I was betting on it, I'd say in 2022. There's That's a, so close. There's enough states that are already fully approved. I mean, the majority of states are there. And so then it just comes down to, at the end of the day, like anything else, consumer demand. Well, I, I always think about the defendability of your mortgage. So, And I was in lending for eight years before I got into title in 2003. And yes, I did just age myself, Chris to be able to foreclose on a property and know, and, and you as a lender know that you're, you have a defendable note or a mortgage where you can actually go in and foreclose without somebody saying, I didn't sign this. I did it. It wasn't me. You know how the process can be convoluted with uh, fraud or whatever it may be. Where are we with defendability of your mortgage and note? You know, if you piece apart the today process of a wet sign at close, they show up, there's an individual that notarizes the document. That's your line of defense. Moving that to a video-based remote online notarization, it's not really any different. I mean, you think about mobile notaries. We do that today, right? You guys do it, and we've partnered with you on it, which is really cool. It's the same process. There's so many other pieces in lending, not just real estate, but other forms of lending, commercial lending, right? Bigger notes, much more risk that can be collateralized and signed and sold off later on that are already in that process. So for a residential home where the value is not in that, you know, $10 million range or whatever commercial, I think there's far less risk and that's why this is moving forward so fast. I, I share your, your either desire or optimism for all this happening at one time, but it, it sounds like, and, and I think the you know way that, that the mortgage industry has moved in the past you have to get a certain amount of momentum and you're going to finally hit that tipping point. And we're hopeful that it's going to be with both the states and all of the secondary market investors. We at Chicago Title, I got to take a moment to brag um, and, and more generally speaking, our parent company, Fidelity, have rolled out in the past six months a new app and platform called In Here. It's, it's great for, for you know, working with our, our title or excuse me, our, our lending and, and real estate partners. 
but the goal and the future of in here is to to move as partners in conjunction with you all to do these fully online fully electronic closings and it's just as you stated earlier it's going to be based solely off consumer demand and that's coming yeah the demand is out there right and you see it as basic as amazon and what you the three of us i assume you guys are on amazon you order stuff right you you click when you think about something. And I hate that one click button. I hate that one click at the end of the month. When My I bank account bill. loves it. I hate it. <laughs> right? But you show up and it's at your doorstep. And if you think about it, that's the model that's pushed out. It's the consumer demand that pushed Amazon to the front, not just their ability to streamline things. Yeah, and I th- think that's the history of technology. It's just kind of lingering there, and it'll linger there, and then it'll linger there, and then all of a sudden, it cons- it's just everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, it's, I, I think we, we have talks within our uh, executive staff and Alicia Cosby, who is our uh, head of escrow, just an amazing woman. She did a, a poll of her son's baseball team, super small sample size. But out of like 10 moms, she asked who would on their next home purchase rather go to their computer at home and sign the documents electronically and who would, or who would rather come to a table and sign traditionally. And it was 80% would rather have done it electronically, 20% like the traditional. Yeah. You know, another interesting pull away from the conference um, was that for, there's 4.3 million millennials set to come into the home market over the next three years, each year 4.3, followed by I think it was 27 or 29 million Gen Zers over the next two years after that. So it's a five-year plan, and these are all people who have never bought a home. There's not inventory. That's a whole different problem. Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> and that's a legitimate that's, problem. Right. That's, that's for another day's conversation. But that number of people, if you look at their buying habits, it's all online. And so that's another piece of this is you have all of this being pushed forward by who that those consumers are. That's interesting. That's so interesting. To be perfectly clear, if you want to come into one of our lovely Chicago title branches and sign papers and, and visit with our closers, we will absolutely love to see you. Just oh, want abs- to throw that no, out there. Absolutely. And we're, and we're the best at it. And we take, you know, we take it very serious and, and we are, we're super driven to, to keep ourselves in the position we've created, but we'll never stop looking to the future and figure out how can we stay in front? How can we stay relevant to the process, how can we stay relevant to the industry and always listen to our partners, as in the lenders and realtors, builders, developers, and uh, and and all of us really are here for one thing, and that's to serve the consumer in the best way we can. I want to I want to touch on that real quick because that's a interesting point. I, I keep getting asked the question, "Hey Ben, if we if we're going remote, if we're going to do this online thing, and they start digital, they end digital." And by the way, you're saying there's a point where they might not go to the title company. RLOs here at AMC, they love to go to closings. They go to closings, shake hands, actually get to say goodbye. It's been a great process. You know, make that personal touch. And the question is, well, if there's not a closing to go to, it's no longer personal. And that's something foundational for AMC is Mm -hmm. we're local. We built it on that basis so that it was personal. We're, We're not the company that throws up you know, high dollar TV ads, not, not, you know, not knocking on anybody specific, but just putting it out there. That's not our model. And so how does it work? And so at the end of the day, the best analogy I can give is picture yourself 
with clients that are closing. Would you rather go to the closing table and sit there across from them while they sign a 32-page stack of papers, of which maybe they have questions on one page? They really just blow through the rest because a lot of it is filler, courtesy of whatever has happened in the past. Or would you perhaps, and this is just as an idea, you and the real estate agent, or maybe it's a builder's rep, show up at their new home. Here's your keys. Here's your garage door opener. Congrats. Right. You know? Well, that's where my mind went is, you know, if, if that process changes and it's, you know, I, I don't know if it ever will. If you ask, I talk to a lot of realtors and I ask them a lot, you know, how, how do you see that? And they don't want it. They like that piece, just like you're saying your loan officers do. But innovation is a part of everybody and you'll, you'll, you'll evolve to find different touch points and different areas throughout that transaction that you'll be able to interject yourself in a touch point and, and, and find different ways. I think that we're all probably of one accord. And David, how long have you and I been talking about this? The, the one aspect of our industry and, and most industries that are, are sales driven is the belly to belly, face to face interaction at some point, the building of relationships, the gaining of trust. That's not going to go away. No. And that's, that's one thing that our closers do better than, I mean, they're so amazing to watch. Uh, our salespeople are too. But you, when you, Think about how we act in our escrow offices and how we interact with our clients. I have never seen a, a group of people as good as, as we are. And, and we're at the top of our game. And, you know, I, I don't know if I ever see that changing. What they do may change, but I don't ever see that role changing and how important they are. You know, and it, we talk about the, the IDs. And, and making sure we're, we've got the right people that are signing the documents, that's never going to go away. And you're, you're just going to have to evolve and figure out that piece. Well, the key is how do you keep it personal? It's mm -hmm. not, hey, let's introduce technology to replace the human being. It's how do you introduce technology to make the process and the experience better? Faster, easier, more You still more need the people and you want it to be, as Chris said, belly to belly. Let's yeah. shake hands. Let's still have a relationship. So I think that's important. From all sides. Yeah, no, I get it. So I'm, I'm curious, who is the ultimate <clears throat> approver? Who, who in, in the pecking order of things, in, from your view, vision, who ultimately says we're good to go on electronic signatures moving forward? Do you mean from a lender perspective? Mm -hmm. Well, ultimately, for AMC, I can speak, right? For right. us, it comes down to do we have enough partners to deliver these loans, right? At the end of the day, back to your original question, what all do right. you do? Well, we only do one thing. We right. do residential mortgages. And so it's important for us and the continuity of our business to make sure our clients are taken care of. That really drives our decision-making. And that's why, for example, we started with hybrid and we'll move into Ron probably next year as we have more investors. Fannie and Freddie ultimately set the tone and right. the rules, but they've set it up already. We just need all the players to play well. Right, right. Well, I know we're ready. I'm excited. I uh, switch gears just a bit. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, congratulations, incoming OMBA mortgage president, um, and then AMC. Talk about what you want your legacy to be when you get out of this business in 70, 80 years. What do you want people to say? This is what, what Ben Paul did for our state and, and for our company. It's a good question. That was not a question I'm prepared for. <laughs> 70, 80 years. Jesus, Chris, I'm, 
I'm focused on the five and ten year plan. He'll be he'll be 140. You'll you'll still be alive, Ben. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. Um, legacy. Uh, I'll I'll speak to the the OMBA president part. It's it's a tremendous honor. Um, Chris Hards is over at Arvest. I don't know six seven years ago. Talked me into being on this association. He's like, you got to give back a little bit. I said, okay. I I like to serve. up. I'll, I'll do that. And I don't know that if I knew. <laughs> What I knew today that I would have said yes, but it's a lot. I know it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But it's an honor. It's a really cool thing to do. We have the conference coming up here, November 8th and 9th. Uh, We have some really great speakers. One of them's uh, a finalist on America's Got Talent. Who is it? uh, The Passing Zone. Oh, okay. So if you, if you're an avid watcher, they were the guys that got Howie Mandel to lay on the ground and they were juggling knives uh, and then I think I eventually yeah. fire over his head Ooh. and you know how he was freaking out is, is how he does. Um, but it's them. Now how they're going to tie it back to teamwork and leadership. Uh, we'll see about that. Sure. Um, they did send me a disclosure asking if I would be on stage. I was like, oh, I, I think I'm going to stay in the back. You know, one of those protect the executive can type I, of moves. Can I volunteer someone? Absolutely. I know a guy sitting here with I us. I do too. Yeah. I think I he would too. be great for it. I, uh, I'm busy. You're busy. Hair that night. Oh day. yeah. Yeah, I can tell. It takes some time. So overrated. Yeah. <laughs> stuff is so overrated. <laughs> but all that to say, that uh, that has been really cool. But the uh, the reason I bring that up is over the last two, three weeks, as I prepare for the speech and everything, I've had to sit and think about what is it that we want to do? Why are we doing this? Uh, and a big deal for me is education. And that relates back to my career. I love um, – I've got some stories of friends – who they're friends now, but as they started on board, they were just an employee for me. Maybe they were a teller or some other assistant type role. And I've watched them grow and I've had some form of connection either directly as they were in those roles, moving into lending or whatever positions. Um, One of my friends, he started off, I think he was an assistant branch manager uh, for Bank of Oklahoma. Now he's pretty high up at Paycom and another buddy is down in Texas and he sells steel. I don't know how that works, but kid makes a good living and you know his family is well provided for so i love watching people grow um i've used that for better or worse to build my career no it's for uh, the better i promise especially you. here for amc is mm-hmm. uh, if you look at our team it you, you have to have to make sure departments are working together you've got to serve your client but at the end of the day if i can focus on each person that works here regardless of what their role is or their title is and help them get from A to B, whatever's next, Mm -hmm. I count as a success. That is a true success. I mean, if you ever are down, if you're never out, if you're feeling down, go give back. It it will cure that in a heartbeat because there's not a better feeling out there. I I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing. I mean, God's been good. I can't begin to tell you that I knew that I'd be here five years ago, 10 years ago. But uh, it's it's insane to see what AMC has grown to be. Sure. Uh, our state, you know, I was born and raised in Oklahoma City, 10th and Council. Um, so I've watched mm-hmm. Oklahoma City over 40 years, and um, especially the last four or five years, like what we've done and mm-hmm. how we've grown. And that was the other reason we brought the conference to OKC is I wanted to show off. I was like, hey, I mean, it's it's normally in Tulsa, right? It's normally in Tulsa at the mm-hmm. Hard Rock Casino. Yep. Uh, so you don't even get to see Tulsa and the growth that they've had. But there's a little bit of this, to be very honest. You see OKC show up on national news or something. You just kind of cringe. You're like, oh, God, 
What's it going to be? Are, are we vying against Florida on this one? What, what are we doing here? Um, or, or it's the Tiger King. Yeah, yes. Yeah, it, it's stuff like that. And you're like, there's so much more, um, both from a business perspective, food. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a foodie, so Ooh, I can we've got good I food. can go on and on. Um, but there's so many things. And I know I'm kind of rambling, but that's, to be honest, my legacy is I want to be known as someone that really – did everything he could for whoever it was, whether it was a colleague, an employee, maybe someone above me. I don't care who it is. How did I help you get f- to the next step of whatever your plan was? How many evenings have you and I spent just trying to flesh out ideas? And it's, I, I, I ask that rhetorically because it speaks to people that, that know you, know that you want to educate and help and help them grow. And I've, I've asked you some, some pretty poignant loaded questions in the past and we've, you know, look up and it's three, four hours later and we're still on topic and, and delving into it. And it's, it's impressive. And I, can, it, I can wrap up what he said in one word. That's leadership. Yeah. That's what leaders do. Thank you. Yeah. Well, ben, I was going to go with bourbon, but <laughs> <laughs> that, that comes tonight. Yes. <laughs> well, Ben, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's been enlightening. It's good to get to know you, Chris, you've got to join the podcast today. I'm, I'm sure we'll do it a, a little bit more in the future as Ken's schedule uh, allows. And thank you for interjecting and, and bringing Ben to this uh, podcast. It's been fun. And folks always remember, It really does make a difference where you close.